But this is Duca on the move for Montreal. Billy Duca, let's see what he does. A left foot shot, that's in! Billy Duca beat his man, and the Rutgers product makes it 1-0 Montreal. This is Off the Woodworks with Kevin Laramie, the longest-running podcast entirely dedicated to the Montreal Impact. It's wide open now, Malice, plenty of room. As Pachuca have five players lined up across the back. An opportunity! Amway Canadian Championship will reach its conclusion. There's Defoe flicking it forward for Ray. As we met, we tried to get a shot away. McInerney as well. Another appeal for a handball. Ganter, the referee, quickly waves it away. The crowd is in an uproar. So are the Montreal players. That one's going to be very close, Jerry. Against Lefebvre. Defoe with a shot. Defoe saved by Evan Bush. Perhaps, perhaps not. Romero still with it. Romero takes a shot. Save Bendick. Chips it into the box. Just a down. Here's Osorio. Osorio with a shot. Off the post. Felipe. DeVaio. DeVaio trying to get around Henry. DeVaio shoots off the woodwork. Is it over? Just about. He's got to see it up now. That is it. The Montreal Impact have successfully defended their Amway Canadian Championship title. They will lift the Voyagers Cup for the second year in a row. Mesdames, Messieurs, les champions de la Coupe des Voyageurs édition 2014, votre club de soccer, l'Impact de Montréal. And that's where it all began. The journey to the CONCACAF Champions League final for the Montreal Impact in 2014-2015 started June 4th, 2014, Stad Saputo. The Montreal Impact versus Toronto FC, the second leg of the Amway Canadian Championship, which the Montreal Impact won because of a Felipe goal at the 90-plus minute to give Montreal his second Canadian Championship in a row. His second Voyager's Cup in a row. And with this, qualifies them to the CONCACAF Champions League where, in hindsight, nobody expected the journey that was about to come. But let's just... First of all, how you doing all? Good day, good night. It's Kevin Laramie here for Off the Woodworks. Today... We will look at the journey of the Montreal Impact in the CONCACAF Champions League. And we'll talk about the Canadian Championship first. But it's the road to Azteca. Because if you live under a rock, if you don't know yet, well, the Montreal Impact are in the final of the damn continent. This continent, our continent. They're in the finals of the CONCACAF Champions League, people. They're in the final of the biggest stage, biggest game it's it's one of the biggest state. Well, it's one of the. I think it's the biggest soccer game 
It's the CONCACAF Champions League final in North America. Yes, MLS Cup is important. MLS is more important. It's different. But uh, speaking about the, the reach it has abroad, the amount of coverage that are people are coming from, not everywhere, but from a lot of different countries to Mexico this Wednesday for the first leg of the CONCACAF Champions League between the Montreal Impact and Club America. So we will look at the journey of the Impact today on the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, we'll dwell on our memories. We'll dwell and dive into our consciousness and we'll try to remember those games, those moments. A lot of moments could have changed the impact's fortune, in the, even in the Canadian Championship, asked Drew Fisher, and even later on in the CONCACAF Champions League, a lot of things could have made... Uh, there's a lot of moments that kept the impact alive another time, and again, and again, to bring him to the finals against Club America. So, let's just start with the beginning. And yes, we won the Canadian Championship, but before that... We had to play FC Edmonton, which they won a 3-1 home and away series versus Ottawa Fury to qualify for the Canadian Championship in 2014. So, first game in Edmonton, Montreal has home field advantage. And they lose 2-1 to Edmonton, and it could have been a lot worse. But no, yeah, because of a non-call by Drew Fisher, just... Google it. It's been talked about. Listen to two solitudes. Me and Dwayne have talked about it for what probably is for hours from probably now. All the amount of time we talked about Drew Fisher and that call, blah, blah, blah. We talked about it for hours. So, yes, the Montreal Impact won 4-2 at home the second leg and won that home and away series in the semifinals of the Amway Canadian Championship, the Voyagers Cup 5-4. Vancouver was playing Toronto in that other semi-final Toronto won the first game 2-1 at home and then Vancouver won 2-1 at home for a penalty in BC place which Toronto FC won 5-3 in penalties to bring them to uh, the finals of the Amway Canadian Championship the Warriors Cup Montreal Impact Toronto FC Montreal was seeded first because they qualified they had the best record in Major League Soccer in 2013 which made them the top seed in the Canadian Championship in 2014 and then the Montreal Impact faced Toronto with a 1-1 draw yes it doesn't happen often that Montreal Impact actually get results at BMO Field they did that time with a 1-1 draw coming home to Montreal with the advantage on the Wiggles rule but still wanting to Put a stamp on that game, which happened later on at the 90-something minute, like 91st minute. A DeVaio shot off the woodworks. The rebound by Felipe in the net. It's 2-1 Montreal. And Montreal goes on to lift that Voyager's Cup for a second year in a row. And that's where it all begins. That's where, without knowing, the Montreal Impact will embark in their most historical, their biggest run in a tournament in the history of the club. So they qualified in Group 3. So let's just take a look at all the groups in the CONCACAF Champions League in the beginning in the fall of 2014. Group 1 was consisted of Pachuca from Mexico, of Municipal from Guatemala, and Real, Municipal from Honduras and Real España from Guatemala. 
They went from Group 2, composed of Suprisa, number one from Costa Rica. And then Sporting Kansas City and Real Esteli from Honduras. Montreal went back in Group 3 with another MLS team in their group, the New York Red Bulls. And CD Fas, another team from Honduras. Group 4 was consisted of DC United, of Waterhouse, a team from Jamaica, would qualify for the group stage. It doesn't happen often a Jamaican team actually make it for as far as the group stage in the CONCACAF Champions League. Toro from Panama was the third team in Group 4. Group 6 was composed of Olympia from Honduras, Portland Timbers from America, Pacific Northwest, and Alpha United, which is from the Caribbeans. Group 6, Alabalante again from Costa Rica, and Cruz Azul from Mexico, and Chorito from Panama. Herediano in Group 7, composed with Leon as well from Liga MX in Mexico, and Isidro Metapan from Honduras. And Group 8, the last and final group in the CONCACAF Champions League in 2014-2015 competition, was composed of Club America. Remember that name, wink wink. Club America, which is an historical club, plays out of Mexico City, plays in the mythical Estadio Azteca, Built in 1961, host of the 1968 Olympic final soccer tournament game. Well, Club America is in Group 8 with Comunicación from Guatemala. And you had Puerto Rico Bayamón from Puerto Rico. Then it goes through the group stage, blah, blah, blah. A lot of games being played. In Group 1, Pachuca wins the group with three wins and one loss. Dominates a group, advanced to the quarters. Group 2, Suprisa, which is probably the best team in Costa Rica, usually. Wink, wink. Suprisa qualifies for the quarterfinals, eliminating Sporting Kansas City and Real Esteli, a team that the Montreal Impact played in their 2009 run in the Gangat Champions League. But then it had a different format. We actually played them before the group stage that year. It was a different format. You had to qualify, play, play in round before the actual group stage, which Montreal won against Real Esteli in the fall of 2008. The Montreal Impact in Group 3 qualified for the quarterfinals with a dominating performance in their group, being unbeaten in three games, well, four games, actually. It all started, well, I started, Montreal at home kept... AJ dropped the Red Bulls at home, and they won 3-2 against City Fas. On the road, surprisingly, Montreal won 1-0 against Montreal, the, the New York Rebels. But when that game happened, Montreal had already qualified. So that game was almost nullified because Red Bulls really, literally played their second strings, if not their third string. And if it had been 2015, they would have put their USL team in. City Fast, they lost. That's where Montreal got the qualification for the CONCACAF Champions League was the City Fast game. Montreal Impact won one nothing in Honduras and they beat them 3-2 at home. And it's when they won that victory at home that they got that ticket out of the group, qualified for the quarterfinals. We still not didn't know the opponent yet. So group four, uh, make it make it quickly. 
Group 4, DC United, qualified out of the group, advancing to the quarterfinals, eliminating two really small teams. Probably the easiest group in the 2014-2015 CONCACAF Champions League Cup Group 4, with DC United, that Jamaican team, Waterhouse, and Toro from Panama. DC United with four wins, zero draws, zero loss, six goal fours, and only one goal against in four games. They might not have scored a lot of goals against those teams, but heck, they only conceded one, so DC United winning that game easily. Then that brought to Group 5, Olympia, from Honduras, uh, winning their group, advancing to the quarterfinals, beating in the same time, Portland Timbers and Alpha United. Brings us to Group 6, which was won by Ala Valencia, eliminating Cruz Azul, one of the favorite. Well, they're not in the bad slump, but they're in a slump. They're, they're not in their best years right now in Liga MX, and that actually is showing on the CONCACAF stage as well. They got elim- eliminated by Ala Valencia, but it's a group that was really weird because every team in that group only had one win. Example, Ala Valencia, which won the group, won only one game and lost three, but still were able to win the group because of the amount of, actually, they, they draw three, so the amount of draws. It's not a lot of goals in that. Goals, four goals in four games for Ala Valencia. Not a very particular entertaining type of group that group six was. Ala Valencia just eked out, drawed itself, if it was an international competition, we would say that they pulled a grease. They draw themselves into the knockout stage. And they advance to the quarterfinals. Brings us to Herediano from Costa Rica, who eliminated another Mexican team, Leon. It wasn't an easy tournament for the Mexican team in 2014-2015, and we'll talk about that later. So Herediano winning their group, eliminating Leon and Isidromet Apan. Brings us to the last group, 8, which was won by Club America with a dominating performance. Club America won three games, drawed one, scored, scored 19 goals and only conceded three times for a plus 16 differential. The best differential by far in the competition at that stage that qualifies them to the, uh, the quarterfinals. They beat the Bayamon Porteruque 6-1. They won 10-1 against Bayamon at home, at Azteca. It was, uh, let's just say Bayamon wasn't the best team. If, yeah, it was probably the worst team in that tournament. And America dominated, took advantage of that group because of that tie and just scored a hell lot of goal. Which that brought us to the championship stage, the knockout stage. We had the whole freaking winter to sell a lot of tickets. And at the end of the day, for the quarterfinals, which Montreal were seeded fourth because of the amount of points and blah, 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 a lot of complications. Anyways, the seeding were for the knockout state. DC first, America, Herediano, Impact, Pachuca, Olympia, Saprissa, and Ala Valencia as eight. But the weird thing is with the seeding in the bracket of the knockout state at the CONCACAF Champions League, if when you beat your opponent... You win that seed. So when you beat the opponent, you win that seed. So at the end of the day, that determines who's getting home or away advantage. And remember that, people, when we get to talk about uh, later on, you know. 
All right. So in the quarterfinals, the first seed was DC United. They draw Alavalense. Montreal Impact draw Pachuca. America's playing Saprissa. Olympia spring Arediano. Let's just start with Olympia Arediano in the quarterfinals. All right, home and away series. Olympia Arediano. So in Olympia, it was 1 1. In Arediano, it was 2 0, 2 0. 4 8. Arediano wins 3 1, moves on. America beats Saprissa 5 0 in aggregate. So America Arediano in the semis. On the other side of the bracket, DC United and Alavalense. Alavalense took care of business in Stadio Alejandra Morera Soto in Alavela, winning 5 2 against DC United. Literally, almost not even needing to play the second game in RFK, which DC United won 2 1, but the damage was already done. 6 4 Alavalense at the end of the day, qualified for the semis. That brings us. Two, Pachuca Montreal Impact. Montreal Impact has home field advantage for that tie. It all starts in Pachuca. History was there to be marked. About 50 or 60 traveling supporters were in Pachuca for that game. Gultras weren't present. A lot of other supporters group were present as well. And Montreal Impact. Took the lead in that game. And the Montreal Impact took a two-goal lead in Mexico. Yes, Pachuca came back. Tied the game up. But Montreal held on for a 2-2 draw. Coming back to Olympic Stadium. For the first game in a while. The end of February this time. 20-something. I can't remember the date. There's a lot of games. A lot of freaking games. But at the end of February... For the second game of the CONCACAF Champions League quarterfinals, the Montreal Impact and Pachuca. Start the game. It's going pretty good. Pachuca's playing that Pachuca style where they are diving a little, still playing type of physical soccer. They're skilled, but you can tell they're not in their favorite element for some reason. Never really got themselves going, even though they took the lead. It looked... The more the game advanced, the Montreal Impact started to put more pressure. In the last 12-13 minutes, the Montreal Impact tried. About 10 chances, about 6 on-target shots or chances that were either stopped or blocked before they got to the goal. Anyways, they got really close. But it's 92-93 minutes and it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Then this happened. De Montreal Impact que viene en el pelotazo y largo en aquel costado izquierdo. Uno espera la pelota, lo tocaron, lo estaban tocando gol. 
sí señores, hay milagros, va a clasificar en Pat. No, increíble, increíble lo que acabamos de ver. Pelotazo largo de Callum Wallace después de hacer malas un relevo de... 30 metros que debió correr para auxiliar a sus compañeros en defensa. Salió jugando, metió un pelotazo largo y este jovencito que decíamos está debutando hoy. 21 años, llegado a la Major League Soccer, viene del fútbol universitario de los Estados Unidos. Se encontró con este pase preciso a espaldas del lateral derecho de Pachuca. No estaba por allí Pizarro, no recibió el auxilio de Dam. Es más, a Jürgen es finalmente a quien le ganan la espalda allí y punteó la pelota ante la salida desesperada del conejo. La parte de pase hace Carlos Mares. Hasta bien un minuto a jugar. Balón, jusqu'à Puerto. Cameron freaking Porter with the goal to propel Montreal Impact to the semifinals of the CONCACAF Champions League when it looks like there's no hope that the moment is going to be done, that history is not going to be barked. Well, at the end of the game, Cameron Porter chests a perfect pass by Callum Malice. Both of the players subbed in by coach Frank Lopez. Second game as a professional for Cameron Porter. Between the 10th and the 20th minute of his playing time as a professional, he chests that ball, hits it 5-0 on the keeper, scores a goal that brings Montreal to the semifinals of the CONCACAF Champions League. Come on, people. That's a moment that's going to be etched in Montreal history. I didn't say the impact. I didn't say sports. It's going to be etched in Montreal's history. Cameron Porter. Too bad you're injured, buddy. Such a shame. Such a freaking shame. Anyways. Montreal wins with the now famous and beloved away goals rule. Brings Montreal to the semifinals against Alawalense who, by beating the number one seed in the quarterfinals, are now ranked number one, which they have home field advantage against the Montreal Impact, which stayed fourth because they beat number fifth, number five. So it starts in Stadio, it actually starts at the uh, Stade Olympique. And Montreal gets a penalty, scores a goal. Then freaking Cabrera scored. So after Piotr and Cabrera? So it's freaking 2-0 Montreal after the first like The Ultras. 127. Supras. Francamer. All the freaking supporters are going apeshit. Montreal Impact are up to nothing after the first leg. And all hopes and everything looks so bright. The sky is blue. Everybody looks beautiful. It's Big rainbows outside. Everybody's happy. Yes, Montreal's traveling down to Estadio 
Alejandro Moreira Soto in Alabuela, Costa Rica for the second light. And then, you know what? Montreal scores a goal. They score first. I'm not even kidding. I can't remember if they scored first or second. That night has become almost a blur to me over the last couple of weeks. It's almost become like unreal. It's like, wow, it actually happened. So they score, it's like it's 1-1. Then it's 2-1. Like, oh, that's that's not good. One more, and like we're, we're in trouble. Like it's really not looking good now. Like they, they, they were dominating. But then Andres Romero. First goal actually was scored by uh, Arduro with the pass. McInerney finished it. Nice cross, which was Cabrera and Arduro on the left flank that were overlapping, doing a great play creatively. Created space for Arduro to finally get the space and get the ball and then cross it in. Very low cross, hard. McInerney just puts it in the net on his run. one nothing Montreal. Or 2-1-1, I can't remember. Like I said, it's a blur at that part. But at the end of the day, it continued. In Montreal, yeah, they like they, they got the 2-2, but then they got the 3-2 Ellen Lance and then 78th minute, and then they scored again 93rd, and then phew, final whistle. 4-4 on aggregate. Montreal Impact wins again. They win again. And they qualified for the final of the CONCACAF Champions League. Because of the beautiful, beloved, and one of the three most my most three favorite in the English dictionary. Away goal rule. So with that, the Montreal Impact have made it as far as possible in the CONCACAF Champions League journey. That quest for a moment has become over the months month of a quest for a trophy. And that quest for the trophy. When is the last time that a Montreal team actually played for a trophy? Actually qualified for a final for a trophy? And you're going to say, yeah, actually Eastern Conference last year, they played for a trophy. Yeah, but it didn't get in this like a game to decide. It's the final game for the Montreal Impact. They're playing for a trophy. They're playing for the Champions League. CONCACAF Champions League. That's a lot of Champions League. But they're playing for that trophy. And there's a chance that on April 29th, on that night, that the boys dressed in bleu, blanc, et noir might raise that trophy. But first of all, yeah, they have to play a game at Estadio Azteca Wednesday, April 22nd. This Wednesday, upcoming Wednesday. And to celebrate the game that is going to happen on Wednesday, yours truly. I am traveling down to Mexico City, leaving Monday early, early Monday. Oh, wow, so early. So early, it's later Sunday night than early Monday morning for me. Traveling down to Mexico City to witness history. To see the Montreal Impact play a competitive game at Estadio Azteca. The mythical, the legendary the intimidating, the empowering Estadio Azteca, built in 1961, home of the World Cup in 1970 and 1986. 
home of the finals of the Olympic soccer tournament in 1968. Pele scored goals at Estadio Azteca. Maradona scored the hand of God at Estadio Azteca. And Jack McInerney, maybe not, well, maybe Kenny Cooper. Well, Piatti, not the Nadal because he didn't make the trip. Bernier, maybe. Sima, Sumare, Bush. Toya, Duke, Will, and more, and friends, and company, and the rest of the team. Wondrid is doubtful. Are gonna step foot on that mythical pitch and compete in front of a, a hundred a, in front of a hell of a lot of people 105,000 people are expected for that game I would say less than a hundred fans in my opinion of the Montreal Impact will make their way down there if you see me say hello I'll be there to cover practice on Tuesday and on Wednesday, the game at Estadio Azteca. Thanks for uh, thanks to our sponsors for bringing, well, for making it all possible for me to travel there, get accommodation, get a decent accommodation close to Estadio Azteca, so I can actually make a tour, visit, try to bathe in the history, trying to soak it all in, trying to maybe get inspired by this. So look for. Extra coverage on Off the Woodworks, on Two Solitude Soccer Podcast, on the Five Rings Podcast as well. And if you're a patron of the show, if you subscribe and uh, support all the shows that we do, patreon.com slash Two Solitudes Five Rings, there will be exclusive behind the scene videos of Estadio Azteca, of America's practice facilities, of a lot of behind the scene videos of me walking in Azteca. See what I can say. I'm actually trying to go visit the pyramid. So maybe the sun pyramid on Monday. If I can squeeze it in. It's a little far. But we'll see what can be done. If that is possible. You will get that exclusively. On the Patreon page. So patreon.com slash 2solitudes5rings. And get access. To a heck load of content I will do next week. And look as well on Canadian Soccer News. For articles that I'll be writing about. How does a stadium have a soul? You can look for the first part article on Canadian Soccer News right now, as well as Kenny Cooper. Is he the tactical solution for the Montreal Impact? Well, you'll get my opinion on this on Canadian Soccer News as well. But right now, does a stadium have a soul? That is one of the questions I want to answer as well on my trip to Mexico City. Three more days. i got to make it three days and I'm there. Anyways, you know when you plan a trip and you're still like a couple days away? Those days are the longest. That's exactly where I am right now. Can't wait for those days to be over and just leaving on that airplane. JFK, then Mexico City. Anyways, getting off track. Uh, one of the answers that I want to try to get the question first is, does the stadium have a soul? Does home field advantage in those type of conditions with all the intangible, the support of the fans, the intimidated presence of the 100,000 people, the noise, the altitude, all that combined doesn't have an effect. And with the sheer amount of intangibles that are present at Azteca, you can almost quantify that effect. And then seeing that same 
two competitive teams playing in a different setting one week later in Montreal with no altitude, with a different type of crowd, different type of stadium. It's going to be interesting. About 60-something thousand are going to be expected for that game. I wouldn't be surprised if like 60, if they can pack more in, they will. They'll find a way to get more people in anyways. So I'll be able to try to answer that question by attending both of the games, try to soak it all in. I have a feeling what my answer is going to be, people, and you might too. But I want to quantify it and almost try to explain what gives a stadium like Estadio Azteca its soul. Because it looks out of this world. There's something in that place. There's something about that place. And I want to feel it, taste it, smell it, bathe in it, roll myself in it, soak it all in, and I'll do that next week. And get all your extra coverage on patreon.com slash 2Salt25Rings, which you can probably find the link right below this player if you're listening to this on Canadian Soccer News. All right. Until Monday night, all our shows for Outdoor Work Studios will be postponed today, cause, uh, Monday because I am traveling, like I was saying. So later on, when I get to my hotel and I'm settled in, me and Dwayne will finish all the shows, post them up, and they'll be accessible for all of you Monday night. So until then, Enjoy your weekend off of watching The Impact this weekend. Try to recapture, rewatch a couple of games. Some of them are on YouTube. Some of them, you know where to find them. But uh, some of them are actually on YouTube in Spanish, so you can actually make it through in the game in Spanish and listen to legendary names. I can't, I forget the two names, but the players, the players, the commentators on that did the Spanish commentary are the famous ones. So uh, listen to it. It's a great. Reminiscent and gets you ready and pumped up. And until Monday night from Mexico City, have a great soccer.